This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. ButcherBox makes it super easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty. And ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your front door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use code WP. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but just because your buddy scored your deer does not mean it's right. I'm going to teach you how to do it right. Actually, for God's sake, you don't want me doing it, but I have found the expert to get the job done. Rick Dillard has been hunting for 45 years, and he's been scoring for the Boone and Crockett Club for 16 years. In addition to that, he started his own scoring program in Mississippi called Magnolia Records. This guy knows what he's talking about. Rick is here to set the record straight for you. We're going to talk through the difference between Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young, the drying process, misconceptions around scoring, how to calculate deductions, and finally, Rick is going to actually show us the entire process of scoring a deer. This is a great episode. Now, before we move on, I have one thing I got to tell you about. Since you're such a whitetail enthusiast, which I can tell you are because you're here to watch this scoring video. You got to join us on Go Wild. Go Wild is a free social community helping outdoor enthusiasts improve their skills, discover gear, and you can earn some sweet rewards. Actually, right now, you can unlock a $10 gift card just for shopping for whatever you want. All you got to do is download the app and create an account. 90 seconds later, you'll have $10 loaded to your account. On our platform, when you join, you, you, you can enjoy posting about hunting and fishing content without worrying about the dark lord of Sith himself, Mark Zuckerberg, censoring you. We also don't allow hunter harassment, unlike literally every other social platform in existence. Come on over to the good side. All right, that's enough promoting Go Wild. Okay, actually, one more time, download GoWild.com. This is Gearbox Talk with Rick Dillard. Dillard, welcome to Gearbox Talk. How's it going, man? Doing great, Brad. How about you? I'm doing well, and I'm pumped, dude, because I can tell you've shot a deer or uh, two in your lifetime, as, as evident behind you there. 
<laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, I've, I've killed a couple. <laughs> a couple indeed. Uh, so today yeah. we're, we're going to be talking all about scoring deer. But one thing you and I were kind of talking about in the beginning here, because uh, I was kind of asking you, like, why'd you get into scoring? And you were talking about how you're super passionate about finding trophy deer, too. So before we even dive into scoring, you know, we're kind of coming down for some folks to the end of the season. A lot of gun seasons are, have, have come and gone. Some of them are just opening up. But uh, I, I'm just kind of curious if you have any recommendation or advice for people who maybe came out of this season without that trophy that they were hoping for? Uh, what, what advice can you give to, to those of us, me included, uh, you know, on finding the trophy deer next time? Well, right now, find the food, uh, stay with it. In fact, some of the largest deer are killed in late season, uh, right before the season ends. So find the food and stay with it. But, uh, the main thing I'd say is, is I always do is I'm scouting for next year. So even after I think it's over with, I'm looking at sign, trying to figure out my game plan for the upcoming season. You just said something too that I, I'm a strong believer in, which is you know getting past just hunting gun season, a modern gun. You know, learning to even if a lot of states have opened up crossbow to be so applicable now too. If that's your entry point to archery, uh, it, it gives you so much more freedom and takes so much pressure off of you to where you don't have just those three weekends or whatever it is for your gun season. You know, and you get a lot more flexibility in your season too. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some scoring. Um, you know, I want, I want to, this is something I'll admit, I don't understand a lot of it. Uh, I've, I've not killed a lot of a big trophy bucks like, like you clearly have from your wall. Uh, I've had some decent deer, but I've never really been into the scoring side. So I'm excited to learn about it, but I wanted to know first from you, somebody that's done this for 16 years now, what are some of the most common misconceptions you hear about scoring a deer in general? Uh, nets are for fish. Uh, you know, the, the difference between gross score and net score, also just generally how to go about scoring a deer. Uh, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about how to measure the inside spread, whether to use the inside spread or the outside spread, uh, just several of those type things. Yeah, so so it kind of comes down to like a lot of the the little things, but really all that kind of, if you're kind of doing it all wrong, it can probably really add up to affect the score quite a bit, right? It can. And everybody wants to have the largest score that they can have. So someone that just kind of halfway knows about doing it, gives them a really big score. Uh, that's what they want to hear. And the biggest complaint or the biggest thing I run into is they get uh, a uh, taxidermist or somebody that kind of knows about scoring to give them a score. And then when they get it officially scored, they're usually disappointed because it'll be five, 10 inches lower mm. than what they expected. So yeah. I usually tell people to anticipate that. Yeah. So, so you're not swinging in their favor a lot of times. <laughs> Most of the time I'm not. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, the, before I, we get into like talking through some deductions or, or, and some of this other stuff, I wanted to ask you um, the drying process. You know, I, I hear a lot about this. Um I know it's a thing, but I don't necessarily understand how much it can change your score. I know, you know, it affects your spread and whatnot. Tell me, tell me everything I need to know about the drying process. What, what is that time period? What, what are you looking at? What kind of changes can you see in that time period too? Okay. So first I want to explain what the, uh, why you have to have the drying process. It's to allow comparing trophies that were killed a long time ago to trophies that were killed recently. So it would be unfair for a deer that was killed 30, 40 years ago to be uh, compared to a deer that was just killed last week and say that you know you're you're fairly comparing them because the deer that was killed last <clears> week has not has not completed uh the drying process has not completed the shrinking so the Boone and crockett club which is the uh 
what most scoring organizations uh, is the standard that they follow requires a 60-day drying process. So it is felt that the majority of the shrinking that antlers do uh, will occur during that 60-day drying process. And the drying process should be in uh, natural conditions, uh, in normal room temperatures, outside of a freezer. And so you ask the question, where does shrinkage mostly occur? The greatest portion of the shrinkage occurs in the inside spread. So the skull plate that is between the antlers, as it dries, it shrinks and moves in. So I have seen some antlers uh, that started out with an inside spread, say, of 20 inches, but dropped down to maybe uh, 19, 19 and a half inches. So it shrinks wow. just that much, yes. So uh, you will get a little bit of shrinkage off of the antler tips and off of the uh, the circumferences, but the greatest portion of it comes from the inside spread. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And, um, you know, you, you kind of just mentioned this uh, loosely. I, I hear a lot about the Boone and Crockett scoring, and then there's like Pope and Young. What are the major mm -hmm. differences between what you guys do with Boone, uh, Boone and Crockett? Okay. Boone and Crockett is, is basically the gold standard, so to speak, that, most other scoring organizations follow by. So the the methods and the rules and everything are the same. The difference between Boone and Crockett Club and the Pope and Young Club is that the Pope and Young Club requires the animals to be killed by archery. Okay. The Boone and Crockett Club does not recognize uh, the or limit it to a specific type of weapon. So a deer could be killed with a firearm, a muzzleloader, archery, or a deer could be what we call a pickup deer uh, that's found dead will also be accepted into the Boone and Crockett Club. Okay, cool. And I the, actually didn't I didn't know that. I've never really spent much time kind of looking into it. I know I've seen people post on Go Wild and talk about both, uh, and I wasn't really sure what the difference was. So it's really just method of take. It, it is, and, and also it is the minimum uh, scores for getting in. Boone and Crockett is the gold standard. That is the highest. Uh, so it takes 170 inches typical. Uh, to get into the all-time record book for Boone and Crockett, it only takes 125 inches in the Pope and Young Club. So that's okay. a pretty big uh, yeah, difference. Yeah, that is a yeah. big difference. Um, yeah. All right, I want to talk to you about deductions. Can you okay. explain what it is? It, it, walk us through all this, because this is something where I, I see uh, probably the most debate I see on social media. I want to I learn okay. about this. Okay, all right. So deductions, there's basically a, a, a couple of ways you get your deductions, but the first is, as you measure each time, say, for instance, this right here is what you call the G1 uh, here. This is the G2. This is the G3. So when I measure this G1, and if I come up with, say, for instance, three inches on this side, on this other side over here, if I come up with uh, two and four-eighths inches, that is four-eighths of an inch difference between this time and this time. So Boone and Crockett, is based on symmetry and you would deduct the voice of an inch off because this one is not the same as this one. And you do this across all of the antler points and all of the measurements. So all of the measurements, you compare the right side to the left side and you deduct the difference. You add up those differences and those are your deductions. That's one deduction. Now the other deduction will be, whether the deer is a typical and non-typical. Say, for instance, if this deer is basically a typical, but it's got one little one-inch uh, kicker that's coming off this side here, that's not enough to make that deer be in the non-typical category. 
But because it's not coming off the top of the main beam and it's a little one inch kicker, that's another one inch deduction that comes off of the overall score. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and then like drop tines. So drop tines would technically be a deduction too, right? Correct. If you're putting it in the typical category, right? if a deer has enough abnormal points or non-typical points like drop tines and kickers that really makes it uh, unique and really makes it uh, have a lot more inches, then you add those inches to the score and you call it a non-typical, then it's not a deduction. And and I don't think you explained this, so uh, forgive me if you, if you did. I'm not quite there yet. So how do you all decide, like, what's the point where one has enough to become non-typical? Because I think a okay. non-typical, I can see a deer and be like, that's a non-typical. But, like, I know there's some kind of way that you all have a measuring process to, to decide that. Okay. For the Pope and Young Club, it requires a minimum of 15 inches of abnormal points or okay. non-typical points, the same thing. Uh, for it to be considered a non-typical Boone and Crockett club, it doesn't matter. But the differences between the typical category and the non-typical category, you're not going to have any problem deciding because in order to make it as a non-typical, he's got to score 195 inches Mm. of, of total points. So that means that if he's only got, uh, say for instance, 10 inches of abnormal points, it's going to put him up to 180 if he was 170 inch deer. Well, that's not going to be enough. Right. So then he would score better as a typical than as a non-typical. So the hunter will get an opportunity to determine which way they want it to go. Hope and young, it's got to be 15 inches. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. All right. Walk us through it, man. How do you, how do you score a deer? Okay. I'm excited. Here. What you, okay. So basically what you're going to do is, uh, you're going to start out on one side and we're going to hold it right up here. And you're going to, you're going to uh, take your measurement and we're going to take the main beam measurement first. So we're going to start right here at the base and you're going to take what's called a steel cable. And you're going to start right here. And you're going to lay this cable right around the outer curve of the main beam. And you're going to go all the way to the tip. Okay. And you're going to hold it like that. And then you will take a, uh, something like a gator clip. And you would clip it right on the end so you can do that. And then you measure this and you measure uh, the length of this. And all measurements are taken in one eighth of an inch. So this right here, say, for instance, could be 20 and three eighths inches. And you write that down. Then the next thing you do is you're going to take each point like right here. And you're going to act as if you're going to cut this point right off the top of the main beam. So I'll usually just take my cable like this and I'll take a pencil and I'll put a mark right there where the cable is at the bottom of the point and I'll mark that there. And then I will take a 40 inch uh, steel tape and I'll measure from the tip to the line. And then I'll write that down and that may be say three and two eighths inches. So I'll write that down. You'll do that for each point. So I'll do this here for this point to the tip, this point to the tip. I'll write that down. This will be the right side. I'll do the same thing for the left side. Then the other thing we will do, and this is uh, one thing that hunters really um, will make a mistake on and get tripped up on, is when you take the measurements, the circumference measurements, most people will look for the largest measurement. The rules say that between uh, each section where you measure it at, you find the smallest point, and you take that. So between the bird and the G1, I would take a... uh, 
hold on a second here, a steel cable, and I'll measure the circumference all the way around, and I'll find the smallest point between the burr and that point, and I'll look at that, and I'll measure that, and I'll write that down. Then I'll do the same thing between the G1 point and the G2 point, and I'll go back and forth here along this main beam and find the smallest circumference. You're looking for the smallest. And the reason you do that is because the burrs, sometimes you have burrs in the way that can give you an inflated score. So right. you're going to find the smallest point. You're going to do that there. And the biggest mistake that most hunters make is that, especially if you have a 10-point or a 12-point, they'll continue to take circumferences all the way to the end. A deer only gets four circumferences per side, regardless. Mm. One, two, three. And if it's an eight-point, you'll go halfway between this point and the end of the main beam. You'll mark that point there and, and take a circumference there. So no matter Always. what, even if it's uh, on the last one, it's not necessarily the thinnest point. It's just halfway. It's halfway. Okay. It's All halfway right. between, if it's an eight point between here and there, you'll measure that and you'll get your circumference there. You'll do the same thing. Now, say for instance, now see this one here? Yeah. Because this has that extra point. You don't do halfway in between. You'll go one, two, three. You'll find the smallest point right in here. And you'll measure yep. the circumference there, and you'll write it down. Yeah. Okay. And is that a that's a deduction, right? Because it's uh that's a non. How does that work? It, it's that that's a normal point. It's it's really. It, it's not really called a deduction. It just goes away. It's an unmatched point because it doesn't have a point on this side. Okay. It adds into the gross score, but when you determine the net, this point here would just go away because this one doesn't have one. So you oh, have right. a two inch point here and none there, then. On the, on the deduction sheet, it'll just go away. Okay. It'll and then disappear. on the G2s or anything, is there any kind of circumference on those, or is it just the length that matters? It's just the length. Okay. It's just the lengths on this one and the lengths on this one. Uh, lastly, and this was the one thing usually you start with, I forgot about, is the inside spread. Mm -hmm. You take a carpenter's rule that you have here that has a sliding scale on it. You can see that it pops out like that. You're going to find the widest point in between the main beams that's perpendicular to the axis of the skull. So you don't want to canter <laughs> this, this way or that way to try to get the longest point. You want to be perpendicular, exactly flat uh, to the uh, uh, the axis, and you're going to find the widest point that you can find inside the main beams. That will be your inside spread. Nice. That's what you get credit for. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's pretty uh, pretty much it. So what's the, the I, I I didn't have this down, but I'm kind of curious now. Let's say somebody gets one and they uh you know how's it work with with Boone and Crockett? Can you you're you're like a state scorer, right? So does someone call the or someone like contact? Right. Yeah, they contact Boone and Crockett and they kind of get somebody locally to come out. Right. So what you can do is you can go to the Boone and Crockett website and you look uh, go for find a score or find a measurer, and you click on that, and then you can click on your state, your local state. And it will usually provide you with a list of scores that are local to you. And it provides the telephone numbers. All of the scores are um, are uh, volunteers. So it's pretty much on a volunteer basis. You contact them, and if they can find the time, you set up a meeting with them, and they bring your deer, uh, you bring your deer to them, and they will score it for you and provide you with all of the information for entering it into the Boone and Crockett record book if it, uh, if it qualifies. That's cool, man.
That's very cool. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, where, where, Rick, I don't know if you're on social media or anything, uh, where, where can people find you to, to, to learn more? Uh, well, I've got my own Facebook page, so right. uh, you can go, you can go to my Facebook page and you can look up Rick Dillard or you can look up my real name that I'll probably be listed in <laughs> Josephus Dillard, J O C E P H U S. And, uh, you can, uh, you can hit me up there, send me a, a messenger, uh, uh, request or whatever, and I'll get back with you. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, dude, I, I appreciate you coming on here. And if you're first time listening to this show, we do this once a week. So once a week we have somebody to come and come and talk about all kinds of different stuff. Uh, I, I'm usually learning along the way, uh, here, Rick, I'm, I usually have t- tons of topics that, that I get to discover this stuff for the first time. So you can subscribe on YouTube. We have a podcast channel you can subscribe to, or of course, if you're on go wild, you can find us there. That's downloadgowild.com. You can get a free $10 for creating your account. Rick, man, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is really fun. Now I feel like I need to not work the rest of the day. I'm going to go out here and measure some of these deer I got hanging in the lobby and up in the conference room. Okay. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> hey, man, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Okay. Yep. See you. Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie.